Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Crypto Business Podcast, helping you navigate the frontier of crypto. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Crypto Business Podcast, brought to you by Social Media Examiner. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for innovative thinkers who want to know what works in the world of Web 3.0. Today, I'm going to be joined by Chris Pulley. And we're going to explore how to think like a Web3 marketer. The truth is that the world of Web3 has often been referred to as the wild, wild west. And it's important for us as marketers to understand what the culture is like in this world and how it's changing. And that's what we're going to explore today. By the way, I'm at Stelzner on Instagram and I'm at Mike underscore Stelzner on Twitter. Also, if you're new to this podcast, be sure to follow this show. We've got some amazing content coming your way. Let's transition over to this week's interview with Chris Pulley. Helping you to simplify your crypto journey. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Chris Pulley. If you don't know who Chris is, he's a Web3 marketing strategist, investor, and CEO of Metadev a consultancy that helps businesses launch and maintain Web3 projects. Chris, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Oh, very good. Thank you for having me, Michael. Well, today, Chris and I are going to explore how to think like a Web3 marketer. And before we get started, Web3 and marketing is very different than Web2 and marketing. And what I'm excited about is to dig in with you today, Chris. But before we go there, I'd love to hear a little bit of your backstory. How'd you get into Web3? Start wherever you want to start. Well, thank you very much. Um, you know, it, it dates back to uh, getting involved in agency business with Mr. Travis Wright and uh, Adrian Goss. We co-founded CCP Digital um, that ultimately became a, a boutique analytics and paid media management agency. And so we were always on the forefront of tech. Travis is self-proclaimed, you know, marketing technologist uh, leader, and, and really he is his ability to see the future and explain how it integrates. And, um, you know, it was, I guess we were five, six years into that business doing well. And he started a podcast with our good friend, Joel Calm. And, you know, at one point he said, hey, I need more time to work on the bad crypto podcast. And so we just made new arrangements. And a couple months later, he called back and said, hey, we, we need operational support. There's people putting demands on us for sponsorships and access. And that was my... Uh, so what year was that? What year did you start getting getting into that? Was that like 2016 or something like that? Does that sound about right? Yeah, it was a little, about five and a half years ago. Yeah. Just didn't know anything, right? Just play with your Bitcoin things type of attitude. And But the business side is they really did have people literally you know, offering them money for sponsorships and access to the show and coverage and 
So we, we turned it into a real operation and I started to, to be indoctrinated through a, a sheer fire hose of inbound requests. Since they were so early and, and so well positioned as edutainment, um, and then very involved with the industry, literally, you know, uh, uh, 2019, I think they were in 22 countries at events that year, and so they're just so they're just so part of of the communities that they presented an opportunity to see vision into that industry, you know, where I would have never had the chance. And everyone's saying we're innovating, we have the best thing, and so we turned that into a Cool junior analysts that analyze all the all the inbound requests now, and we categorize them, and starting to look similar to mergers, acquisitions, and treasury management type business, not just a podcast. That was you know starting to transform into about year four, and in this fifth year here, it's really taken off. You know, I've created, um, you know, I've done my ten thousand hours basically, and I'm, I'm beyond the imposter syndrome and. Um, now we're just looking at how to really create value with today's new technologies and it's actually creating something that people enjoy or use as a resource. Well, and before we get into some of the cool stuff you're doing right now, tell us a little bit more about your background. Are you formally trained as a marketer? I mean, have you been doing marketing for a long time and what kind of marketing were you doing before all this web three stuff, just so people can get a little context? No, that's, I appreciate that perspective is so important. You know, my career background, even prior to the agency, was in multifamily real estate. And I found my skills in the syndication area, bringing people together and organizing the investments in the banks. And I had a small boutique firm there, and we, we bought and sold and turned into condos, uh, multifamily homes here in the uh, Midwest for, for multiple years. And then that led me to basically business consulting as I took a buyout in the end of 08, and Travis is the, the impetus of the story, he charged me with, how do I become a business? About month three into our engagement, I was just enamored at his knowledge of social landscapes and the vision into how relationships and communities were developed and built, is I just, I had never seen uh, the insides before. And, uh, and then also realized Travis isn't necessarily a personality type to be an operator. so. We started an agency and didn't know exactly what we were going to do, but I knew with his knowledge and and uh, my my quickly uh, developing knowledge, we would get it figured out. And it was soon after we hired um, uh, Adrian Goss and is uh, a first resource and actually a co-founder as she's there since almost the inception. Um, and she adopted the Facebook marketing advertising platform about the year it came out. And uh, she's just a, a powerhouse with a journalism degree, a multimedia degree. She's actually holds a, her uh, uh, bar license. She's an attorney. Um, she's just a, a superhero type of resume. And she applied that into this digital analytics area. And she found fun and delivery. And she, she's probably responsible for, you know, why we have customers that come back, <laughs> you know, not too often an agency you have turnover, but we, we've got customers fighting to come back because they had to leave for you know, whatever internal reason. So what I'm hearing you say is that you partner up with Travis and then ultimately Joel got involved. And along the way, you kind of helped bring operations and 
strategy and contracts and relationships and functions and fulfillment and all the kind of things that operators do. Sales processes, et cetera. Yeah. So I would love to hear some of the projects that you're working on if you're able to talk about some of that. And I don't know if we have any graphics we want to share for the viewing audience at this point or later, but it's up to you. You know, tell us kind of what you've been working on and what you're working on now just to kind of bring us up to the present. Perfect. Perfect. Probably a lot in that transition story. So we've transitioned CCP digital as a uh, a traditional paid media and strategic advisory business and turn the resources to the Web3 industry and our pinnacle media asset in bad crypto. And we've developed um, multiple owned assets now in the in the industry and uh, publication relationships owned, managed and partnered. And so we, we've got a little PR sprint that became a package. It just seemed to work when projects were trying to get exposed to the audience that knew what we were talking about. And that, that's just a, it's a very small percent of the world that has a MetaMask wallet and a Binance Smart Chain extension. And so we, we were able to also leverage the ability to use paid media against a podcast, a publication, and promote and talk about our projects we work with at a time when those projects didn't have access to paid media. So it gave us a bit of a competitive advantage marrying those resources up together and now being fully focused on delivering the one product for the projects that are ripe and ready and it makes sense. And um, we do a lot of strategic consulting of projects trying to take a, a, maybe a traditional idea, which that's, that's two of the projects we're, we're currently focused on. These were traditional businesses that were even developing coming up to Web3 hitting right? And COVID hitting. And, and, and they both seem to have, yeah, there's a great example is Macroverse. This is a, a who's who's team of Hollywood storytellers and creators. They have a bench of over a hundred um, creators and they were coming to market with the idea of building a content creator platform for creators by creators. And they recognized the resources and and the competitive advantage if they found a way to use blockchain technologies and the web3 components and it just made a match made in heaven it took us a little over a year to restructure the vision and the, and the and the setup but today uh um, somebody can go and create a custom avatar that becomes their ticket into the master storytelling class each month, they vote people into the storyline of already created comic series. And if you get voted into that storyline, you get a smart contract distribution on all the NFT comic sales with your character in it. And if you're you know, cool enough like Bubba Fett, when he got introduced into Return of the Jedi and had that little cameo, everyone liked him. And then there's like a series cartoon and now there's the book of Bubba Fett. And so that's that's the idea is to launch creators and give them a platform to get to market and still have interest in their IP. But by the time it gets to a movie or something, right, and they haven't lost it all. And it's just an amazing group of individuals that I'm uh, I'm just you know, proud and, and blessed to be working with those guys. Thank you, Chris, for sharing a little bit of the back, that backstory. My next question is for everybody who's listening right now that is a marketer. Why should they pay attention to Web3 because so many people listening today, as of when we're publishing this in 2022, are what I call crypto curious. You know, they're not yet aware of the opportunities that are out there in the world of Web3. What do you want to say to those people? Get educated. And that's the main thing. Just collect facts. 
Um, you know, the seems to be a common saying at this point that the facts don't care about our feelings, right? And so there's a lot of feelings going on about what's happening. Um, but the facts are this technology revolutionizes industry after industry. And if you just look specifically into our marketing industry and you think about the capabilities of customer acquisition, customer retention, customer loyalty, all of those common themes are just activated in an experiential way now because of the abilities of the technologies and the the blockchain ability to give that digital collectible an actual number of how many there ever would be. It'll just impact every aspect of our marketing and advertising worlds here as we move forward. If you think about the advertising in general and that privacy is and ad blocking is the theme that seems to keep marching forward as we see ads reducing, projects are going to have to find ways to monetize where potentially ads aren't doing it anymore. Um, one of our PR clients, uh, Gather Network, has a technology that they have one line of code to make your publication green by using the reader's unused processing power while they're reading your publication on your site, generating tokens for the publication. And we see this coming very quickly. It's already being initiated. And there'll be a tipping point where the, the proceeds from the unused processing power is going to be more valuable than the ad revenue. And what we believe we'll see a flip here in the next you know, three to five years. So what I think I hear you say is marketers pay attention because everything that you thought was valuable before is changing. And the ways that we market are changing too. Like you mentioned, you know, obviously ads are getting harder to deliver. And I cover this in my social media marketing podcast, mostly because of Apple and browsers blocking cookies and not having the proper tracking things that we've typically had in the past. And then you inject this new concept of ownership, if you will, right? And not like stock ownership, but ownership of a digital tradable asset. Commercially viable asset. Yeah. In a lot of cases. Yeah. Talk to me about why that's so important. It changes landscape. It changes the way the business of content is, is done today. And so it puts so much power into the creator's hands and to design how they want to offer whatever their custom content is and how it would be distributed, how much will be distributed. And, and it just, just knocks out a whole layer of legal and agents and probably a lot of BS I'm lucky enough not to know about, but it's it's just straight to the point. Here's what I'm doing. I'm going to make my comic character available commercially. If someone buys the NFT of my comic character, they can put it in their commercial for their restaurant. It, it's just a commercial studio asset at that point. And that, that's what's really a, a changer. And we're almost you know, blending lines of IP and customer retention strategies in this conversation. But, but at the same time, it, this world blends things that we never thought would be blended to some degree. So you're, you're right. I would just encourage the audience to, to, to get educated because it's exciting. I mean, what they're going to find is new. We need the marketers to get contextually educated because your strategies and your processes and your systems that you're currently running that, that are getting more and more difficult, they all those ideas can be deployed with new technology. 
And so your ideas can come to life in ways that you wouldn't have fathomed. And, and, it, and it's really a fun experience if, if you let it be. But the main thing is trying to, trying to get educated and, and where to get the right info. And again, we're at such a pioneering stage in general. Um, that, that's probably why this podcast started because Michael, I've been listening for years and you're well respected. And, and the bottom line is if I'm hearing it from one of your shows, I'm, I'm trusting it. So I, I think you're doing the right thing here for sure. Well, thank you. I'm trying to, one of the things that marketers really need to understand is the cultural differences and nuances of the world of web three. It's totally different. And I know you and I have chatted before this show about some of the things that are important for marketers to understand when they enter into this new world, this wild west, this pioneering frontier. What do we need to understand about the culture of Web3? My vision into the culture now has two sides. The vision into the enthusiast market, the technologists that are driving innovation, almost touching the roots of of Bitcoin and it's it's anti-establishment, you know, kind of under theme. And so we feel that culture, but then we've really matured in this last year and we're working with, again, outside projects getting into that culture. And so your question is exactly what they are asking, right? Like how, what chain, what does it mean? It, it chain doesn't, isn't even just tech now, it's a culture, it's brand. It's it's community. So, you know, choosing a chain and choosing a, a, a delivery model and communities to be associated with so that um, so you're accepted into the, the Web3 world with some um, allies. Right. And so that's an, uh, all those little choices become the, the nuances of how you position your brand and its interactivity into Web3 and every brand and business and is going to be different and have different opportunities to take advantage of the technologies and the growing communities that are happening. But as at the core to maybe give a foundation, it's a collaborative environment. It's just extremely open source, open, collaborative. And it's almost, you know, take some adjustment because there's it's almost like everyone's building Web3. They're building the metaverse together. And that's been one of probably the more refreshing components of the culture. Yeah, I want to talk about this for a second because this is really important, I think, for everybody to understand. First of all, you said anti-establishment, and then you also said collaborative and open source. So for my fellow social media marketing marketers who are listening to this, this is absolutely the opposite of what it is in the world of social marketing. Because in social media, you have one man, his name is Mark, who controls nearly everything that happens in the world of Facebook and Instagram. And you've got a couple more people, you know, you know, TikTok and all this stuff, but it's very much not anti-establishment and it's very much not collaborative. It's very much, here's what you can do and here's what you can't do. Do not violate the rules or you will be deplatformed, right? But in this new world, this is an anti-authoritarian world, or at least the people that have been in it for a while. Community managed world, maybe. You yeah, know, they tend to be libertarian. They tend to be very much power to the people, not to the man, quote unquote. And the idea of open source is also extremely foreign in social marketing world. The idea that Mark Zuckerberg would release his code and let the whole world build on top of it is just ridiculous. You know, it would never happen, right? So help people understand like the cultural careful steps they need to make when they move into a world that is super collaborative, super open source, and super opposed to centralized authorities trying to swap up everything. Like that's important, right? 
Yeah, but I, I think we've I think we've crossed a chasm there where there's a line being drawn and through policies being made and, and laws being made, lines are kind of starting to shape up. And and so I, I find myself living right on the line. So I live in the United States and I got I abide by all the rules I've got to abide by here. And so, but I do get to see the global community in action and see where it's completely open and and uh, community driven. So I, I kind of ride the line of of the two because that's where commerce is, and that's it's just what I'm built for. But the the question w- would come down to the the, the first question that the marketers would all should always ask, and that's okay. Who's who's who am I messaging to? Who am I communicating to? So with that information, then I I can tell you where you need to adjust. So if you are a project like Digital Self that had been planning to deploy in 2020 as a metaverse web three integrated live entertainment and sporting industry where you can attend sporting events and the headset live at the event using virtual reality and then COVID almost put them out. Well, we've been working with them for a little over a year as well, similar to Macroverse, and then restructured to he still that Craig Muir, the founder of Digital Self, still has to message to the general public, right? Because these are teams, these are live events, these are fans of people. So they we built this with both communities in mind, the ability to transact with multiple e-commerce type abilities, wallets built into the system. So no one has to worry about how they set one up. And if they ever want to take their NFTs out of digital self, they'll have to then set up a wallet and learn that stuff, but they could still own them in there. At the same time, we give the Web3 you know, community in the know the ability to come anonymously, connect a wallet, make a purchase, and leave, right? And so th- those are kind of the who's the customer. And, and now we've got a new set of customers that we, we didn't experience, and they have a lot of valuable tokens they can turn into money. And you want to, you know, make sure that we're communicating with them, including them and and designing systems and interactions that um, an opportunity for them to engage. Well, and I want to dig in on this a little bit because I think this is really important. The smaller existing, what we call DGENs, right? The people that have been at this for a while that are tend to be highly technical, tend to have invested for a while in crypto, tend to be very active inside the crypto community. These people tend to be more the collaborative open source anti-establishment culture. But what I'm hearing you say is there's a much bigger audience that will be onboarding into this space that does not hold that same ideology. So it's kind of important for us to find a line where we potentially can attract both of them. Is that kind of what I'm hearing you say? Absolutely. Our go-to-market is partner with brands that have the communities that love the brands and that we build web three experiences for those communities to come and join through digital self in that example. Yeah. Cause this is an important thing for people to wrap their heads around. Like whether you're launching an NFT project or a metaverse project, you've got this big community of people that tend to have pretty substantial amounts of money and make investments into projects, sometimes on a whim. You know what I mean? They'll buy the tokens, they'll buy the NFTs because they've essentially become very wealthy by investing early, you know, in Ethereum and Bitcoin and such. And these people yield an enormous amount of power in the existing world of Web3. But 
there's a substantially larger world that's going to be onboarded in very rapidly. If you had to guess, Chris, today, what percentage of the world in Web3 is this world that we've been talking about so much today, the non-mass market? Is it like 90%? Where do you think it is? Like, Or is it like if you had to draw a pie, where would you say it is based on all the projects you're working on? I need a little help. Give me a little more perspective on the Okay, question. well, we're going to do a pie chart here, right? And we've got the traditional DGENs, right? The longtime investor in the world of Web3, where they're active, super in there every day. And then we've got the new audience. Uh, yeah. the, the new audience to them. What percentage of the total audience today would you say is this DGEN established audience versus this new mass market audience that's active inside of the world of Web3 in 2022? It's such a loaded question uh, because the... I would sit off the cuff like 1% of mass media at best, right? That actually knows what's happening or it, because the, you say web three or you say blockchain or crypto and the person's perspective dictates the response. I could say web three and they say, oh, I bought some Dogecoin. Well, let me be more clear. Instead of saying what percentage of the mass market, I want to know what percentage of web three you believe is mass market, like 1% of web three. So that's important for everybody to process, right? This means that the people that are investing in tokens and NFTs right now are overwhelmingly what I'm going to call crypto native. You know, they're the people that have been in it for a very, very long time. And I think that's important for people to understand. And this is why, for example, I think Gary Vaynerchuk has done a really good job with his projects. He has gone out of his way to educate his much larger audience that is not crypto native. Even when he launches V3, massive educational campaigns, knowing the bigger audience is the audience that's not yet in Web3, but at the same time, also having to cater to the existing audience that's in Web3 because those are the ones that are going to invest, right? And that's our, our launch models. I mean, uh, we're recording today. I don't know when all things come out, but MetaDev Consulting Group is a, is a new entity and even followed by a, a venture fund here right behind for these um, specific reasons that when you launch a project, like we're launching Digital Self very differently than we're launching Macroverse. Macroverse will be a very Web3 launch and Digital Self will be a more traditional Series A capital raise, except then the focus to go to a security token exchange for additional raises, which is is an interesting use of the new uh, the new tokens. So when you, when you're going to raise, if it's a traditional type raise, then you're going to go to traditional people. But if you're going to launch a utility token, and that's going to be the the economic impact to the project, it's a whole different set of legal entity structure, partners, marketing and agency partners that understand the less than 1% of the world that's got a wallet and what can come participate that way. So hopefully that kind of gives you some, some lanes there of, of, of the need. How fast do you see mass market adoption of Web3? Like put on your thinking cap and project like it's 2022. Do you think by the end of 2023, we'll have a much, do you think the Web3 market is going to potentially triple or quadruple as the mass markets start coming in? Because maybe major brands are going to get behind this. I think the question is like, what's the definition of Web3? Well, when I say Web3, I'm talking about NFT launches. I'm talking about social tokens. I mean, those are the main, or tokens in general. I'm talking about anything under the crypto umbrella, you know, like the somehow, some way it's a digital asset that they're purchasing or a digital currency that they're in. That's my take on it. Or like um, uh, Joel Com, one of the partners and co-host of Bad Crypto, 
He's involved as a strategic lead on the Sylvester Stallone project right now, where there's an audience being developed of learning about what he's about to launch. And he's going to sell NFTs that are collectibles. Some of them will have access. I think if you collect three of them, you get an in real life experience annually with Stallone. And so it's so interesting on how you put it together. But we're going to be relying on educating a new audience and building a Web3 audience that's interested. And really the tactic right now, at least at this current stage, is to build a project that you can see is going to be retail exciting and then tell the crypto audience that it's going to be retail exciting. And then you get a really nice launch because they want to speculate and pick up everything before retail gets there. Fascinating. Back to my thoughts on the prediction. Do you anticipate mass audience being here in the next five years or how long do you think it's going to take before you know, and, and maybe we won't use the words NFT and maybe we won't use the words Web3. Maybe we'll just call them digital collectibles, irregardless. I, I would even say just Web3 technology. Don't even take the collectible out. It's just a little piece. People will be using Web3 technologies and not even knowing it in the next 24 months. Got it. So you see massive change happening in the next two years. Yeah, because the brands are adopting and they're, they're they're making big moves and they're integrating and they're learning. They're, Disney's launching their own NFTs and NBA Top Shots and they're all fumbling around, making some money, not making some money. But it's being integrated and tested regularly. Millions of dollars are coming into this this world. We're awfully sought after because of our position that we're lucky enough to be behind, you know, a generation of demand of information. So it is, it's, it's, it's exciting. And I think it's coming a little bit faster than most understand. Let's talk about launch strategy. We obviously have launch strategy for existing web three audiences, and we've got launch strategy for the mass market. We've kind of alluded to the first step, which is who are you trying to reach, but what else can you share with marketers that might be insightful once they know if they're trying to reach the mass market or the web three audience, as far as their launch strategy goes? That's a great question. And it's, you know, the secret sauce here is community development. And so how and where are you going to source your community to get interest? Where are you asking them to convert to, to have engagement with you, real engagement, so they actually know what you're launching? And so this is like real relationship stuff, not just send a bunch of numbers and take your small percentage. And so the the new model and, and the ability to launch projects that and this new utility token model that adds an unusual economic impact to this ecosystem, it's important for the marketers to understand that on our side, we're, we're always funneling to today, it's discord by almost necessity. Telegram was where communities were being built, but it's no way to manage who's there and how it works. And so it, project launches, if you think about uh, the slide, the planet slide that, that Joel's working on, They've got about 25,000 members in their Discord audience today that's active. They have 9,997 NFTs total to sell. And if you buy three of them, you get an in real life experience. You start to see the economics really quickly, right? That, that's potentially going to be a really good sale just by having too much audience, the, the initiative to buy more than one. And then here we go. This is all there will ever be. And it launches. And so maybe that's a pretty decent vision into the economics you want to build um, because you just got to build real cheerleaders. People really think you have a project that's worth, you know, being there and waiting, learning, cheerleading along. I'm with you. I think that so many NFT projects or any projects for that matter, 
whether they be some sort of cool tech project like the stuff that you're working on, they have built incredible technology, incredible utility, but they do not yet have an audience. And you and I both know what happens when you don't have an audience and you don't have a community. It's a failure, right? Or it takes forever to launch and then you lose your investors, right? So um, you mentioned Discord is kind of where it's at. Do you have any tips or any advice or any strategy on like how to really, because it's one thing to have a follower, you know, I come from the social marketing world. And I know that those numbers are technically vanity metrics because I belong to God knows how many discord communities, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. So it's one thing to have them. It's another thing to actually develop the community. Any wisdom or thoughts on how to do that? Don't underestimate the value of a community, a discord community manager that that's experienced. And so we're finding that to be one of the needs we're hiring quite regularly for projects we're working with and created some best practices, et cetera. But there's lots there. There's, there's, you know, you build bots to answer the questions that become common. You have somebody, a bot to greet people and show them around. And um, so it just gives you leverage. But someone's got to be there, like someone that people realize, hey, that's Aspen. She's, she's one of our internal community managers. She's amazing. And people love her and they ask for, you know, whatever her call symbol is on the server she's managing because she cares about the people and she's doing her job to shepherd the audience and, and with the, the, the project's needs. So I would just say, really, you know, it's a tough one. Discord is not easy if you hadn't lived in that world. But, you know, the story I tell often is our, our children have been living in the metaverse for a while. Right. I mean, I've got one son playing Rocket League on Sony and then another guy over here playing their call of duty while someone's watching a twitch video and they're all on a headset talking through discord as if they're in the same room right and so that that's already metaverse to me and so metaverse and and virtual experiences and augmented reality can will add depth to what the kids are already showing us they want as a global community well and i want to underscore this discord community manager dialogue for those that missed the episode where i had the lead moderator making markets from the constitution DAO on that was crazy madness when the constitution DAO was going on. And I will tell you as somebody who invested in Dapper labs, NBA, the association launch that happened, it was an epic fail, unfortunately, because they had no community management at all. Literally it was a hundred percent bots and everybody was asking, when's the reveal? When's the reveal? When's the reveal? You know what I mean? Cause they just showed the art and they never did. And it was just epic fail. And here they are representing the National Basketball Association, right? And it was a complete and utter epic fail. And, you know, it just, this is where, like, I can already imagine the discussions in the back rooms, like, we're going to have all these amazing NBA things and everybody's going to love it. But the problem was that it was a complete, you know, a lot of people bought and then the floor dropped and there was, there's been very little communication. Like, you cannot discount how fast the discord can turn on you if you're not there, right? If you're not there actively answering questions with the community and making them feel like they're part of it. Welcome to the new culture. Yeah. And the problem with discord is it's like kind of free for all and it can come completely out of control very, very rapidly. Right. Easier to manage a, a community going a direction together than it is to try to like reorganize them once no, no, everyone's not happy. That's for sure. Anyways, so far we've talked about community development is really, really important. Having a really good discord community manager. One of the other things that I've seen some good discord communities do is they take advantage of discords, live audio spaces. I forget what they call them in there or rooms or whatever they're called. 
where they'll go and they'll have events in there and they'll actually do Q&A with the founders. I've also seen Moonbirds do this on Twitter spaces, which is public, which is even better because then non-customers can also watch it and decide whether they want to buy it on the secondary market. I, I don't know if you have any other thoughts as far as community development goes. Twitter, TikTok, Instagram are all top of funnel relationship starters. And then the, the conversion is to get them to your managed community, in this case, mostly Discord. And yes, these different rooms within Discord that can be managed, we're actually using it as an educational format. So if with Macroverse, the you know somebody creates their custom avatar, they go to, they're able to show the wallet and it lets them into the Discord mentorship group where they're now going to get story development support and character development support to start to try to get their character greenlit. So it's being very functional at the moment. And from what I see, it looks like, you know, they're, they're investing in it. The user interface seems to get it a little bit better, but I'm still pretty lost in there myself. I have to be pretty pointed when I get in there. And this is part of it. That is the big struggle in this world that we're talking about is that Twitter and discord, if you don't have notifications on, on Twitter, you're going to miss stuff, you know, the little bell. And if you're not active in discord, you're going to miss stuff. And very few of the projects that I have invested in do what I'm about to say. Tom Bilio, Impact Theory University, uh, former founder of Quest Bars, has an email newsletter. He's the only one of all the projects that I belong to that actually sends an email newsletter out to his customers because he came from Web2 and he understood that a big chunk of his audience came from Web2. And I don't know why more don't do this, but like, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on, I mean, it's not easy to integrate it, which is part of the problem, but it is a key part of communication, right? Well, they, those guys launched a project and they just had telegram and those guys made $10 million and they just had a purple dragon. So it's almost just like some of the timing and some of the speculation just maybe gave the wrong impression from a marketing perspective, because yes, I mean, we're talking in-app communications for native mobile apps and email marketing, what, what's your marketing stack to communicate with the audiences? And now how do we try to get the web three communications into that stack? Because nobody's built for Discord and Telegram to integrate that stuff. So there's all kinds of new technologies coming up. There's a, like a CRM for quick conversations. Okay, I've got three on Twitter at stage two and four at on Instagram at stage three. Oh, I got them to stage four and stage five. They actually came and joined the Discord. And you're managing all these little, you know, correspondence when they come back. It's a, it's just different, same stuff, different deployment, different name in a lot of cases, but same stuff we've done as marketers. Chris, if people want to check out your business, they want to check you out on the socials. Do you have a preferred method of communication where do you want to send them if they want to see some of the cool stuff that you've got going on today we're i don't again i don't know when the show comes out but today most uh, information and branding is at the uh, ccpdigital.com site that is the you know, supporting agency vendor to the meta dev so the metaverse development business helping projects get into web3 properly and helping infrastructure web3 companies be more valuable to our non-web3 people coming in. So that's really, we're kind of monitoring that space in the middle uh, from picks and axes to content. Content is king again. I sponsored Macroverse at Comic-Con, Planet Comic-Con. I got to go to a Comic-Con. It was awesome. And it, we needed to understand that community 
and the messaging and the relationship because this is a starting as a comic you can get in your own character into a comic for like just develop the story and and there you go thought these people would love it it just seemed so perfect as soon as they saw nft nft oh they, they didn't even like us it was like wait you don't even know what we're doing and oh no we we know that the, that NFT, all you're doing is copying other people's stuff and selling it. I just couldn't believe these are these are creators. It's all it's like a half a mile of of creators that are making comics about someone else's character and selling them for twenty bucks each, right? I mean, it's like wait, you guys are amazing creators, and you're and so overnight we changed our marketing, and I got rid of all the brochures, and I reprinted the next morning, and I came back and said nothing about NFTs. Create your character, join the storytelling. Get greenlit into the comic, earn rewards. We were the hit of the show. They loved us. And I mean, it was off the chart when we just took out anything to do with Web3, blockchain, or NFT. Fascinating, Chris. Thank you so much for enlightening our audience on how far we've got to go to bring the mass, the masses, if you will, into this world of Web3 and how much we need to be thinking about how the culture is inside of web three it's a very fascinating wild wild west frontier i can't wait to see where it all goes and again folks chris's website currently is ccpdigital.com his new company's name is meta dev dev and chris thanks again for coming on and sharing your wisdom michael it was my pleasure could i, could I give a ending shout out here i've worked go for it you're coming to the end and there's a, a gentleman and an organization that's had an incredible impact on my community and, and my business and me personally. And, and that's uh, a company by the name of Animoca Brands. And Yat Sui, who's, who's the founder, the story is absolutely phenomenal, but we were working together as he started his acquisitions of projects to bring Web3, kind of where I cut my teeth and learned from, from Yat and, and helped uh, with the PR behind those businesses. But we didn't know we were building Web3 Three. We didn't know we were building metaverse, right, at the time. And really, if it, I would even encourage others to, to go find the talks by Yachts. We, he, he really has articulated this open metaverse collaborative environment and almost to a, a call to arms nearly that we will end up in an oligarchy, you know, run by the man if we all don't collaborate and build our own open metaverse together. So there's choice. Wow. Great way to end it, Chris. Thank you so much again for coming on. Thank you. Hey, if you missed anything, we took all the notes for you over at socialmediaexaminer.com slash C21. If you're new to the show, be sure to follow us and let your friends know about this show. I'm at Stelzner on Instagram and at Mike underscore Stelzner on Twitter. This brings us to the end of another episode of the Crypto Business Podcast. I'm your fast talking host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day and may Web3 continue to change your world. The Crypto Business Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. The information provided in the Crypto Business Podcast is provided solely for educational purposes. Do not treat what you hear as investment, trading, or financial advice. Do your own research. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.